0: I've used the word gross like a hundred thousand times, and uh, I think it's applicable. I for president, I for president, I for president, I for president. You like Ike, I like Ike, everybody likes Ike for president. Hang out the banner, beat the drum, we'll take Ike to Washington. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Star Guide podcast with your host Dave Morris and Stephen Ray. Or how are you doing today, Steve? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing
1: good. How about yourself, Dave? How about yourself?
0: I'm doing well as well. I'm um, actually. Uh, I'm not I I'm a little uh nervous about this uh episode.
1: Oh, you're nervous. Why is that?
0: Oh, trepidatious maybe is the word. Hesitant? Okay. okay. Because uh this is uh this is one of those episodes where I uh I don't know anything about what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, that's not entirely true. It's not entirely true. I know something about what we're talking about. Because we are of course talking about political ads. Political campaign ads, that's right, that's right Yeah, so maybe it's not that I don't know anything about it, it's just that I don't like them
1: <laughs> Right
0: Generally, <laughs> so that's like, I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about political ads But it is something that you know a lot about Well, it's it's something that I've paid
1: attention to, right? You know, given, given the stuff that I, I pay attention to in my academic life and, and what I spend my free time on It's kind of unsurprising that political ads would be something that I I looked
0: at. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of those things where like your our, our other lives outside of this podcast start intersecting with the podcast, you know? And like your uh your academic work is now coming into the podcast. But I must say, with the current US political election happening right now, uh or like it's about to happen, once this election happening soon, the it's almost impossible to not let that affect everything else in our lives.
1: Right. Like it's there are even if you are the kind of people who don't have cable television who don't really engage with american politics you can't not see american politics just get thrown at you on a daily basis basically
0: daily basis like man our comedy is all about it now <laughs> our news is all about it my facebook feed is filled with all this stuff about it it's like i'm i'm like i feel like i'm voting
1: yeah, it's it's a very strange uh, election in that way. I mean, I do you remember the 2008 uh, election with where uh with Barack Obama's first election?
0: His first election? Yes, I do.
1: Yeah. What what do you remember about it? Did it did it kind of feel the same for you and that it was everywhere all the time?
0: I remember it being about Obama and using Twitter a lot. And so it was all over all over social media. And this like road to change or like, you know, like uh, hope and change and stuff and those super cool colored posters. And uh, I remember being about the first black man running for president, seriously running for president mm-hmm. uh, in my lifetime. And so it was felt like this incredibly historic moment. And I don't even remember who he was running against.
1: That That's one of the things for me that every time I think about 2008, I have to go, was, was that Mitt Romney or was it John McCain?
0: I think it was Romney. Now that you say it, it
1: it was actually John McCain. John McCain and Damn. Sarah Palin.
0: Yeah, I'm I, the worst.
1: <laughs> but but that's the thing, right? It was a, it was a different kind of election for us. I mean, you and I were pretty plugged into the internet in 2008, but it was it was in some ways prior to the mainstreaming uh, of the internet in politics because Barack Obama was was the one who was first really making use of the internet in a meaningful way. Yeah. And and so in a lot of ways we became a part of that campaign through through the bits of it that leaked out to to us, but it wasn't everywhere every day. Whereas since then American politics is is fought in a meaningful way on the Internet as well as in the States. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, as Canadians, and I'm sure this is an experience that's felt by people around the world, it's hard to live uh, a digital life without getting involved in American politics.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's, that's a huge thing. And honestly, I think this time, in in eight years from now, if you ask me who was running against Hillary Clinton, I'd remember.
1: I I think that this election we're all going to remember in different ways for different things for for quite a while.
0: Yeah, like the two who the two candidates are, I think we'll they're both so uh what's the word I want to use? infamous um notorious what's the word <laughs> that best describes these two candidates
1: it's a tricky it's a tricky election for sure
0: yeah it's a it's weird it's so weird it's so it's so crazy but um but we're not going to talk about the election no or we're gonna try we're gonna try not to but uh if the internet is any signifier we're going to but we're going to try not to
1: (laughs) yeah the, the point of this is not to to critique the american election or the candidates themselves but to do what we do on this podcast which is look at form genre and storytelling in in campaign ads because i think this is one of the the areas that american politics is changing so rapidly in in what a campaign ad is but at the same time campaign ads have been around for a long time and so I think that it's uh it's there there there's fertile ground for us to take a look and see what's going on there
0: yeah and I just like right before we started recording I just powered through like probably like a hundred campaign ads and so I've decided I'm never going to vote again that's what I've decided uh after watching a hundred campaign ads in a
1: row <laughs> yeah they're what uh, what what fascinates me about campaign ads is how many of them are not even remotely targeted towards me.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're okay, like so general campaign ads. Let's talk. Let's what what kinds of campaign ads are there? Like can we classify these into like maybe like three or four or five or six types of ads? I mean, that might not be possible. Yeah uh but i think it's there's some general like broad strokes we can make here like uh like for instance attack ads attack ads okay right, there's a specific kind of ad where you are attacking your opponent or opponents that uh that makes them look bad yeah and not necessarily make yourself look good in any way yeah it, so it, that's like the attack ad
1: <laughs> well and and there are, there are different ways of of doing those sorts of attack ads there are the ones that attack the the candidate based on their uh, political history so mm-hmm. you know the um, ad, these are,
0: ad hominem i guess is what it's called where you just attack the person
1: well so, yeah there there's those yeah where you you figure out things about them that are unlikable and and throw that on the screen and then there's the attack ads that are i guess based on i want to say what I, 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 I'm thinking specifically about how, in the Canadian election, the Trudeau—he's just not ready. Ad.
0: Yeah, that's that's just an ad. That's a, that's just attacking the person. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're they're right. just attacking. They're saying like Trudeau—he's not ready. Yeah. There's no evidence to back that up or anything or reason for it. He just looks. Look at him. He looks young. <laughs> he's not ready. <laughs> like that's just a, a ad hominem. That's just attacking him. Yeah. Uh, versus attacking his political history because he didn't really have a political history, right?
1: Yeah, for for the most part, you know, he was pretty new to the scene and uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh there's also the kind of get to know the candidate ads, which are yeah. you know. <laughs> let's get to know yeah. Let let's go see how how candidate for governor, uh, you know, had a had an intense history and we should learn all about it.
0: Yeah, and is that that like so yeah, then and the, uh the politician themselves is in it and they're like riding their horse. Or like playing with their kids. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone in America has kids and horses. Kids and horses. <laughs>
1: I, you know, I don't really remember seeing any campaign ads with horses this year. Or in prepping for this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they're out of fashion.
1: <laughs> well, you know, and uh, not a lot of us have horses. More of us have, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong. Ford trucks. Yeah. Ford yeah, is sure. that the Ford.
0: Yeah. yeah. Ford's America. Okay. Cool. So there's a get to know you ads. So there's attack ads. There's the get to know the politician ad, like the family part of the politician. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the get to know my policies ad.
1: Yeah, the the the
0: issue ads. The issue ads, yeah. That's the way to say it.
1: And sometimes those can also be attack ads, but they're they're rooted around usually a particular policy. And they're they're aimed at a particular demographic. So, you know, this is what I think about Obamacare and providing health care. This is what I think about the war in Iraq or ISIS. And these are, you know, this is my quick 30-second spot on it.
0: Yeah, this is how I feel about these issues. Boom. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say there's another one that I don't know what to call it, but I, but I saw a few of them. The one that comes to mind the most is uh, the Trudeau hair ad. Where the the hair isn't what matters; it's the policies, and his policies are good. So I don't know. I I, I want to call it like the the fight back ad, or the counter attack, or the jiu jitsu or judo ad, like where you take uh, the attacks that you're being given and you flip them around and send them like like dodge it, the block. Like I don't know. What do you call it? The anti attack, the, the counter attack ad.
1: Well, yeah, those, those ads. So in the Canadian election, there were a couple of them. Trudeau had did the the ad where he showed that he was ready. They did it. the Liberals did an ad on his hair. Uh, I think that we've seen a couple of them. I can't think of any with the American election. And and you're 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 right in that they're weird because they're rare. It's rare to see a politician that kind of. Points to their perceived weaknesses.
0: Yeah, or it's just like you say I'm not ready. Hey, guess what? I'm ready. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's all he had to say, and it was like, oh, yeah, he's ready. So yeah, the counterattack. I don't. I'm gonna call it the yeah. counterattack. I think that's a good sound. Got a good ring to it. Okay, so so we right now we've got the attack ads, get to know you ads, the issue ads, and then the counterattack, the ever rare counterattack. What are we missing? We're missing something here.
1: I mean there there are more more general this is the state of the country ads mm. so you know usually uh, in an attempt to kind of do a right direction wrong track division to show that uh, you need a change and it, and it, it implies that the the candidate is going to be the change candidate because mm-hmm. things are so bad So you know right now, Hillary Clinton is is facing a lot of uh, criticism about how Barack Obama has run the country, mm-hmm. because they're trying to create a picture of America as in need of whatever, and and that Hillary Clinton would just conti- be more of the same.
0: And so, yeah, and that's that whole like incumbent uh, re- reform thing. Yeah, yeah, where like the incumbent candidate always has to talk about how great the country is and the. the the new candidate has to always talk about how much that needs to change. Yeah, and that's the political debate that's been going back hundreds and hundreds of years. I'm sure. Yeah, like that. Since, that is in since no elections. Way new. <laughs> yeah, the first person who ever re- went to be reelected had to deal with that problem. <laughs> <laughs> ever in like like ancient Greece or whatever. <laughs> like that. That's why
1: George Washington only served two terms. He didn't want to deal with being an incumbent anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, like this is BS. Um, so the state of the country ad that then spins to, I'm going to make it better. So like the change ad.
1: Yeah. And then there's, I think what I would call the endorsement ad and this Mm. can, there, there are really two types of it. It's endorsement by celebrities or endorsement by real people. But the, the idea being that this person is speaking on behalf of the candidate and it may be that they, the candidate themselves never appears in the ad, but it's just, you know. How how much uh, Scarlett Johansson thinks Hillary Clinton should be president or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the endorsement ad. Yeah, that's totally uh, that's a good one. Um, and then there was one other one. So where does this one go? So this kind of ad, which is an ad I see all the time. It's you just maybe this is under issues. OK. Where you see the politician giving a speech and it's just a clip of their speech that they gave somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, "Here, remember this? This was a good speech and vote for me." Like, wh- where does that go?
1: Well, and and those ads, I mean, for starters, they're they're dirt cheap to produce, which is great. But but they can fit in many different areas, right? Like you can have clips from say the presidential debates where Clinton and Trump were debating each other and one of them comes out stronger and turn that into an attack ad on Clinton very quickly. Or mm-hmm. it can be, you know, an inspirational this is why we need reform in this country, bit of a speech, and you know, it's thirty seconds that you drop in there. So mm-hmm. I mean they can they can fit anywhere.
0: Yeah. Sometimes they're a state of the country thing, sometimes they're a counterattack or an issues thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Cool. Any uh, any other kind of ads you can think of or are we hitting them all here?
1: No, I think I think we've we've kind of covered them. Broadly, and and part of it. Sometimes they cross over between them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But those are, I think, the 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 gist.
0: Yeah, and yeah, uh, I don't think I like very many of them. Yeah. So, yeah. where do you want? What What do you want to talk about here? What do you want? Do you want to go through each kind of ad, or do you want to go through the? <laughs> the general concept of ads like where do we start steve because this is all Look, i'm like oh my god, i hate all of these things <laughs> well let let's start more
1: generally with just talking about political ads because they're i mean we have not done an episode uh, of the style guide on commercials yet which i'm just realizing and that's surprising to me
0: yeah maybe this maybe... is our first like foray into commercials and we chose like the worst kinds yeah, so uh, power my powering my way through like a uh, hundred of these, mm-hmm. all I could think was was that this is uh, this, there's so much bullshit. Uh, you're gonna have to scratch that out, but there's so much bullshit being thrown at your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you only watch one campaign ad, it might kind of convince you. But if you watch like a hundred from a bunch of different people in a row, <laughs> you quickly realize that all of the candidates are bullshit, <laughs> and it's really hard. To to care about anything any of them are saying anymore, and it just starts to feel like uh, like you're living in some sort of weird like uh, um, uh dystopian future where you're just plugged into messaging and it's messaging messaging messaging, and you see it repeated through different commercials in different ways and tries to twist your brain into believing things uh, and it really makes me sound like I'm wearing a tinfoil hat, but man, it was hard
1: well and what's fascinating about. About campaign ads, like you, you and I sat down and watched a bunch for this. There have been Americans who have been watching campaign ads for the last year and a half, like just as a part of their daily life. When you mm. sit down to watch the game, you know two or three different ads, whether it's primaries, presidential, governor, senate, state, county, dog catcher races. <laughs>
0: like, how do people still vote? I just don't. This is what I, this is the that I don't understand. <laughs> getting all this messaging you're like I don't believe any of this anymore. None of this seems believable at all. It can't be real. This can't be real. This can't be reality.
1: Well, and and that gets to one of I guess my questions about campaign ads. Like what is the point? Like we 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 we've broken them down into different categories and I think some of them serve different things, but in a grand scheme, what is the purpose of a campaign ad? Like why why are they Getting, getting their name on there uh, on your screen when you're, you know, watching whatever it is on on YouTube or when you're tuning in to watch the news or whatever. Why? What? What? Why do you think campaign ads exist?
0: Well, I would just answer that by saying it's the same reason all ads exist, uh, which is to sell you something uh, and to convince you to purchase this product. Except in the case of a campaign ad, it's to their to to vote for this candidate or whatever. So trying to convince you of something. This is where it feels like there's so much more uh, BS in campaign ads than normal ads is because normal ads are selling you a product Mm -hmm. and they're trying to sell you on this product. right? Right. Because they've made this thing and they need you to buy it. So, hey, let us show you how cool this thing is. Please come buy it. So when that's being done with campaign ads and for politicians, politicians who are supposed to have things that they believe in And truths that they are speaking and they're trying to sell you on this politician it just feels like when you're trying to sell someone on the truth it it doesn't feel like truth anymore you know does that make sense yeah yeah the truth should like the, the you just have to say the thing and then people hear the thing and then they go oh yeah that makes sense or they double check it or they whatever uh so when you're trying to like dress it up to make it seem really fancy it all of a sudden feels like snake oil and i don't believe it anymore because why are you trying to, to convince me of this so much you know
1: to to pull a quote from the 2008 presidential election it's like putting lipstick on a pig sure yeah well and I've been I've been thinking about this a lot lately especially as I've watched a ton of Trump and Clinton ads and then trying to see some down ballot ads as well and I'm I'm less and less convinced that that political ads serve any sort of truth telling function Sure yeah I I don't think they're even trying to tell you the truth in the same way that Coca-Cola isn't trying to tell you the truth when I mean, for, well, no, Pepsi is more, these are more Pepsi ads, but the kind of like, you know, X number of people pr- prefer Pepsi to Coke or whatever. It, it's not trying to, to, to actually tell you the truth. It's more trying to sell you on a feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I guess the, 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 the problem is they try and pre- sell them as a truth, right? When you're, when you're watching a Clinton ad or when you're watching an Obama ad or a Trudeau or an NDP ad, it does have a sense that, like, these are facts that I am telling you, as opposed to when you sit down and you watch a Coke ad or when you watch a Budweiser ad or whatever, it's not as if you, you believe that they're telling the truth. They're just trying to give you a feeling about the product.
0: And I think... Uh, I think that's a a nice way to frame just advertising in general, that it's not trying to give you a truth. It's trying to sell you on the feeling. And when it comes to something like Coke versus Pepsi, Budweiser versus other beer, Mr. Clean versus the no-name brand cleaning solution or whatever, it comes down to just preference. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you like better, Pepsi or Coke? You taste it, you drink the one you like better. But maybe there really is no big difference, and you've just you've just convinced yourself that you like Coke better because really it's just whatever you want. It's how you feel. It's it's your preference. Whereas with campaign ads, um, they're trying to tell you your preference. I don't know. Uh, like it, it's it's not a matter of taste when it comes to truth. You know, truth is truth. Taste is whatever you want. When it comes to other types of products where there's choices and you just choose the one you like and it doesn't matter, the selling the feeling doesn't feel like BS as much as it just feels like an advertisement. And of course, they're trying to make me feel like Dr. Pepper's cool. Whereas with campaign ads, it's like you're trying to make me vote with my feelings based on this advertisement instead of voting for the actual things that you're going to do that I believe in. And that's where it just starts feeling like gross. Right. It feels gross. It feels gross when you're doing it with, uh, like, uh, like politics.
1: Yeah. Well, what is what is it they they say about uh, advertising? Fifty percent of advertising, you don't know whether it works or not.
0: I know fifty percent of advertising doesn't work. Right. You just don't know which fifty percent it is. Yeah. So you have to advertise all of it, but well, half of it's not working. That's the, that's the sort of adage. But but yeah. So like I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Am I sounding too much like a, 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 a like a disillusioned person
1: well you you are sounding disillusioned but i i think that that's because that's where you sit you are you are somebody who is generally disillusioned with politics and the political arena and and for you it's it's rare for you to actively get excited about most of these candidates because in a lot of ways they're very similar from from where you from your vantage point right um yeah i mean with the american election it's a little trickier but in in general like politics isn't something that you get excited and fired up about
0: uh no i don't really get excited about politics at all and campaign ads uh might be why (laughs) (laughs) because it's like when i watch a bunch of campaign ads i don't feel like any of the people in the ads are telling me the truth yeah which is the general sort of uh uh i guess the 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 common knowledge of politicians that they're all liars. Right? That's just a thing that people have just taken for granted now. Politicians just lie and they cheat and they get involved in scandals. And like the liberal government has been involved in so many scandals before Trudeau that it's hard for some people to look at them and be like, oh, yeah, the liberals, we like them. Um, and so like there's no no one's clean anymore. When it comes right. to politics, so that feeling is there, and when I watch campaign ads, that's all it reminds me of. Is like, oh my goodness, this is all so BS.
1: Yeah, and and for the most part, when I watch campaign ads, that's how I feel. When I even when I'm watching campaign ads with from candidates that I generally agree with, it in a lot of ways it's it's manufactured and it feels manufactured, and and there there's no hint of genuine emotion or. Or an attempt to kind of be be real human beings for a second. Mm-hmm. and And I think that's why generally, my favorite style of ad is the kind of getting to know you ad. Not because they're done very well, for for the most part, of getting to know the candidate ad, is is usually pretty bad. Like,
0: you know, very it's, cheesy, very cheesy. Yeah.
1: yeah, it'll show them in a suit, you know, hanging out on a farm, or it'll uh, have have them playing sports with their with their team, um, sorry, with their uh, campaign team or something like that, and they're, they they come across as generally forced. Mhm and, and I think part of it is because they they are a lie, right? Like even if, say, Barack Obama really does play basketball with his campaign team it it's a lie because who Barack Obama is and who we perceive him to be are two different things, and we have never perceived uh, the candidate to be the kind of folksy everyday person, yeah. The, one of the things that we see in Canadian and American elections, very much so, is uh, a focus on, like, the kind of candidate you'd want to go have a beer with. But the truth is, no one would, like, they're not the kind of people that you would want to just go have a casual, friendly beer with. They are different kinds of people by virtue of them wanting to run for office. And so it is forced when we see them in a, in a position where, like, why do I want to see Ted Cruz on a farm? Does,
0: yeah, like, does, I don't know. I have no idea. It
1: it doesn't tell me anything about him.
0: And why does he just keep casually dropping in his wife's name and kids' names in this ad? It's so weird.
1: Yeah, well, and and, and this is the thing. Like, in the same way that Coca-Cola knows how to advertise to you, campaigns are rooted in, in big data. They... You know, they know that if Ted Cruz mentions his wife's name, that, you know, it, it gives a, a more positive response than if he didn't. They know that if Hillary Clinton talks about her mother's background, it reinforces certain things for her voters. Yeah. And so the, the, I think the big problem with political ads is that they're manufactured, but they're manufactured so poorly. Like Coca-Cola knows what it's doing. Like they 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 get advertising
0: perfectly. Well, I mean, I, I see where I see what you're saying that they're manufactured poorly. But I think inherently in the concept of a campaign ad, there is no way it, like they're they're the they can't be manufactured well because of the contradiction between what advertisement is and what politicians sh- should be, not what politicians are, but they should be people that are like you know. Leading a country of people and, and doing what the people want and being, you know, honest, preferably what they should be doing versus what campaign and what advertisements do are in conflict with each other. Like when Coca-Cola tells you that you can't beat the real thing, always Coca-Cola. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Right? What is that what is the real thing? It's the real what? The real cola, I guess that's what they're saying with that. And always Coca-Cola. Like they're just saying things that sound nice that make you when you walk into a store and you have a choice between things, you choose Coca-Cola. And they can't be wrong. Right? right. If I told you Coca-Cola is the best Coke, I can't be wrong there. Right, because it's my preference and a preference can't be wrong. But if I go out and tell you like uh Hillary Clinton is going to make uh whatever great I can be wrong there that's that could be there's 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 a way that that it could be dishonest uh and so when you put it into an advertisement you are starting to put truth into a frame that doesn't really hold well
1: well and and i think in some ways this this reminds me of why say beer ads or or alcohol ads feel so dishonest right when (laughs) when 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 you have uh, ads for a product that like man this this uh what is it um, captain morgan's is lot lots of the their ads are kind of these fun sort of adventures that you get on when when you're like the idea is when you when you drink captain morgan you you go and have an adventure right
0: yeah sure mm-hmm. and or the classic like you open a beer and all of a sudden you're at a pool party
1: yeah, yeah, and 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 those sorts of ads, they feel dishonest to me because they they feel like they're selling something that not only is it not true, but ignores the negative consequences. Right?
0: Like, yeah, definitely.
1: with with Coca Cola, when when they're selling me a feeling, and they're like, this this is the greatest feeling ever. It's like it's a sugary drink, and the the consequences of me buying that over Pepsi or or uh, RC Cola are nil like (laughs) yeah but there when when you watch a campaign ad you're seeing something where there are real life consequences to to how i respond to this and Mm -hmm. and they could be they could be very bad in certain situations
0: yeah like if a beer ad you open the beer and it says like you're at a pool party all of a sudden everyone's having a great time and then you fall asleep and that's the end of the ad Uh, you're like, oh, well, that was an interesting way to make me think about that beer, Uh, that it's a party. But if a beer ad said something like Budweiser, the only beer you can drink while driving, (laughs) that's a lie, right? That's wrong, and that's, like, uh, false advertising, I believe. Uh, That's illegal. Like, you can't do that. Um, And I feel like campaign ads are doing that. They are saying things like, it's okay to drink Budweiser and drive, (laughs) right? Uh, Because they're just saying things that can't be verified as true right so you're like but they well they can be verified <laughs> and they're saying that the the opposite of
1: it. part of it part of this gets to kind of the the dishonesty in in political advertising where you will deliberately misrepresent i mean sometimes you'll misrepresent yourself although i think that that's more and more rare these days because of how easy it is to kind of Criticize a candidate's ads for just being wrong about themselves, but you'll misrepresent your opponent, right? And I, I mean, I I remember there were there were quite a few ads during the Canadian election about Trudeau that that took things that he said out of context mm-hmm. and and then presented them as if you know Trudeau was uh, an idiot or whether Trudeau just didn't know anything about particular policies and. You see this also with this American election, where Clinton's Clinton's words get spun around like that. The same thing happened during the primaries with just about every candidate. Mm-hmm. And 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 so you're you're right. There's a level of dishonesty that is, I think, inherent in the medium that we accept that we wouldn't accept in other forms of advertising.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's a yeah. And and I think the reason we don't accept it or that we like the the reason it's worse in politics is again because this idea that they should be just telling us the truth and not advertising. They should just be you know telling us who they are. But yeah, you're, I think like all of them are dishonest. Like if you look at attack ads, you're just talking about the horrible things your opponents did. If you're doing the get to know you ads, you're clearly highlighting just the best things about yourself. You know you aren't saying like I also have a, two scotches every night before bed just to sleep. Like you don't say that in a get to know you ad and the issue ads you're clearly just cherry picking the issues that you are good for you know like you don't see any republican ads mention anything about education they just leave that issue out because they aren't doing anything for it and the counterattack ads which are the cool ones um all they're doing is just uh is just like just opposing the uh, attack so whatever the attack is they just say the opposite of that This is the state of the country ad is obviously cherry picking the parts of the country that you're going to change. And the endorsement ad, you've obviously just asked the person that likes you to say that they like you. You know, like like uh, so like there's like all this cherry picking of truths Uh, because if an endorsement ad. If if you think of an endorsement ad, like literally just taking a 100 random people and asking each of them what they like. It's not going to come out in your favor. (laughs) Like, So you pick the one person that says the good thing and you get them on screen.
1: Okay, so let's say that this is the case, and you know it, I know it, and generally people know it when they're watching an ad that they're being advertised to, right? Yeah. Like this is I mean, we we know this about general advertising. Like everyone knows that Coca Cola is trying to sell you something no one mm. no one is under the illusion that when coca-cola does their you know yearly christmas polar bear ad that they have some enduring interest in the polar bear it's all about trying to get you to buy coca-cola
0: yeah at least this is the hope right that everybody knows that cuz there's a part of me that kind of like growing up feared that people in the world thought this was real all this was true and every time you see something like like I'm sure there's been jokes done of it where like, you know, if an alien came to Earth and saw an ad and they'd be like, oh, like an elf. Remember Elf? The movie I, Elf?
1: I don't remember the movie Elf. Uh, I haven't seen it.
0: The immortal Christmas film Elf starring, I, uh, starring Will Ferrell and our good friend Patrick Bainham as an elf in the first scene. Anyway, uh, in that he walks by because he's like, you know, an outsider. He's a fool, whatever. He walks by a coffee shop that says world's best coffee and he goes in and he's like, oh, my goodness, this is the best coffee. Congratulations. And then later he brings the girl there on a date and he's like, taste this coffee. Isn't it the best? (laughs) Like he's been like he believed when they said world's best coffee that it was actually the world's best coffee. Like, Like I fear there's people out there that believe advertising. So please tell me I'm wrong and that people don't believe.
1: Well, I think that generally there are always going to be people that believe some part. There's some part of people is going to believe believe it. Like there are lots of people in the world, and some of them don't engage deeply on these sorts of things. But it, but by and large, that I think that there's an awareness that you're being sold a product.
0: Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Let's go.
1: And so, if it's the case that you're being sold a product, and and you're aware of it on some level then then what is the point if if you're aware that all of this is is just manufactured then then what what's the deeper point then at that and and i think I think Coca-Cola's Christmas ads are, are kind of the best example of what I'm getting at here, where you watch a little baby polar bear, you know, an animated polar bear, you know, tumble down a hill for a Coca-Cola, and then, you know, its mom comes tumbling after it, and this family of polar bears is all drinking Coca-Cola, and there's, like, there's no content to that. Like, there's <laughs> there there's no truth behind that. It's not like polar bears pr- prefer Coca-Cola, the the truth of it is just it's a feeling that you're supposed to get from watching the ad of, oh well this is cute.
0: Yeah. And I think And then at the very end it says Coca-Cola. Yeah. Always Coca Cola. Yeah. And when you go into the store and you see a Coca-Cola with a polar bear on it, you go, Oh, I like that cute ad.
1: Yeah or or you don't even see a, it with a polar bear on it you just see a coca-cola and you're reme- re- reminded of that sort of feeling that you had and you you buy a coca-cola over pepsi because of you know advertising's insidious influence over your brain sure and i think by and large that's what we're seeing with political ads i think that to pretend that it has anything to do with truth it I, I, I'm not sure it ever has had anything to do with truth in, in that there, it's all an attempt to create a particular feeling around a candidate for you so that when you go and, and you see a Clinton sign, you, you feel, oh, well, I, I feel good about it because I remember that good Clinton ad, or I feel bad about it because I remember that attack ad. And, and you're right. There's no truth
0: there. And I mean, it's also just advertising like the, what did you call it? The insidious, uh. Effects of advertising on your brain, is so that what you called it? Um, but like you hear something enough times and you just you just hear it in your head and it's in your head and then you say it. Mm-hmm. You know, or you hear somebody say it and you go like, Oh yeah, I've heard that before. That that that's that sounds true because you've said it now and I've already heard it. So for some reason that means it must be true. Mm-hmm. So like if you hear enough times the phrase Hillary Clinton is a criminal constantly said by trump by his ads by other people who are endorsing him just keep saying like well i don't want clinton she's a criminal uh and you keep hearing clinton and criminal in the same sentence so frequently that eventually your uncle says to you well you know hillary clinton's a criminal and you it rings truer because you've heard it so many times right right and so that insidious effect of advertising gets in your head and when it comes to something like coke is better than pepsi which is obviously true, right? Yeah. We true. all know this. Yeah, we all Everyone know. listening knows that Coke is better than Pepsi. Everybody knows that because we've been told that it's the real thing and that Pepsi is uh, some other crap that's for a new generation. I don't know. Um, and so we're just, you know, I, that's just a true. It's true. Someone says Coke is better than Pepsi. That rings true with me. Even though, uh, and when it comes to Coke better than Pepsi, there is no truth. So it doesn't matter. But when it comes to politics, there is a truth as to whether or not Hillary Clinton is a criminal. Right? Yeah. Like there, there's a legal truth to that. Yeah. And so when you start using advertising techniques on something like that, it feels really insidious. Yeah. And really, really uh, gross and makes me really jaded. <laughs> Even if I liked politics, <laughs> if I watched this many campaign ads, I think I would hate politics.
1: And I think that very few of these ads are actually designed for, for actually persuading people uh, in, in, in the way that we're talking about. I, I think, for, for example, in this presidential election, so few of the ads that we see are designed to make you decide between Trump or Clinton. Uh, a, a, a Trump ad is not going to do that, and a Clinton ad is not going to, to do the opposite for most people. Yeah. I think what a lot of these ads are designed to do is to speak directly to segments of the base in, in particular ways. So in some ways it has to do with like, oh, well, if, if Clinton is so bad right now, then you need to then, – then we need to stop her. And it's not about getting you to vote for, for Trump, but it's about getting you on Trump's website and donating 5 $10 dollars
0: yeah true yeah or it's about Mm
1: -hmm. reminding you of the stakes of the election you already are going to vote for trump it's it's reminding you that you need to actually get out on election day and vote
0: yeah i i see what you're saying because like i remember when i was watching a bunch all the trump ads no matter how well crafted they were there's a part of me that couldn't help but know who trump is and remember things that i think about him yeah and like going, like, this is not working and convincing me to vote for him. This is an unconvincing ad. Yeah. And, but, but you're right that that was never meant. That wasn't meant to convince someone who didn't like Trump to like Trump. It was meant to tell everyone who likes Trump, like, hey, look how important Trump is. You're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so give us money. Tell your friends. Here's some messaging that you could use in your world as, like, you know, to tell people, like, that that makes that makes it make way more sense.
1: Well, and and some of these are designed so that they become a bigger deal. So, I'm I'm thinking. Well, I mean the the Trudeau hair ad is probably the best example where where the Liberals decided to do this fun little animated video talking about how it doesn't matter what Trudeau's hair is, his policy will always be the same, and they're yeah. good policies. And it was a cutesy sort of ad that hit back on the very thing that he kept getting attacked for. And it was meant so that people would share it on their Facebook walls. It would, it was meant so that people would tweet it and say, look at how silly this is and how, how willing the liberals are to poke fun at perceived weaknesses.
0: Well, what I liked about that ad is that it was a comment on attack ads. Mm-hmm. It basically said... Hey, they're attacking my hair. Like, how petty are these people? Right. Like, you're gonna make this election about hair, forget about my hair. Look at my policies, they're good. You know, and that was like that's why the counterattack ads, they're my favorite. Because they're cool and clever and they because the just the whole essence of a counterattack is against the attack,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that it it sort of is like the most honest of the of the ad. Um, even though it's still somewhat dishonest.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Because Trudeau's hair does actually matter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're going to just make me scream into a microphone. But 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 yeah, those, those, those kind of things, like that one definitely has a message and it's trying to persuade. And I think there's a difference between a, a Canadian election ad that comes out, you know, two weeks before election day and an American election ad that comes out two weeks before election day because our elections are so short. Whereas if if it's at this point in the, the American election and you're watching T V and an ad comes on and you're persuaded by it to choose Trump or Clinton, I I I don't know how you can possibly be a, a thinking person anymore. Like mm. these candidates have been on stage for a year and a half. It's yeah. not as if anything that that ad can say should be new.
0: It, it shouldn't take a year and a half for you to decide.
1: Well, I mean, maybe it should if, if new things come out, but so rarely are campaign ads focused on on a new moment in politics. They're, they're usually focused on history and uh, policy positions and trying to make you feel about a particular candidate that you could have felt six months
0: ago. But like, what, what, uh, what you should be deciding is, what does this, what's this candidate gonna vote for, and what are they gonna try and do, and what's this candidate gonna vote for, and what are they gonna try and do, and which one of those do I like better, and I'm gonna pick that one. So, it should take you as long to decide as it takes you to read between the things that they say they're gonna do. (laughs) You know, once you've read it all and you've kind of processed it, maybe you know, I'll, I'll give you, take a month or two, sure, you know, to really decide. But everything uh, after that is like you're voting based on how the candidate makes you feel and like maybe there's other things that you have to take into account other than just their policies. You know, maybe you want to take into account their history so you can credibility whether you believe they're actually going to do the things they say they're going to do. Um, You want to take into account their character. How are they going to represent the country? Like, sure, there's things you take into account, but you should take all those things into account and then decide which one you like better and then vote for them. Uh It does not take a year and a half to to weigh those things uh it becomes at at that point it becomes a theatrical experience
1: yeah and and I think my biggest problem isn't that I've become jaded with it, but it's it's bad theater as as far as watching watching this the the American presidential election or watching the Canadian election or the brexit campaign or whatever it's really poor theater. Like if I'm watching it for entertainment, it's, it's, it's contentless. If I'm watching it for information, there are much better ways to get that information better produced, better, better informed, uh, more thoughtful, all sorts of things. And so campaign ads occupy this weird middle ground for me where they say like what they're trying to do. uh, I I don't think that they're very good at. Mm -hmm. And and so it ends up being this sort of thing where, for the most part, it's, it's more a reminder than anything else. You know. It's, it's,
0: it, yeah, it's just confirming with the people that already agree with you that they should keep agreeing with you. Yeah, and and not forget about me until the, after the election.
1: I think that in a lot of ways that's what we're seeing with, particularly American elections. That's what campaign ads have become. Just this sort of like, look at me, I exist. <laughs>
0: Which is weird because it ends up doing the opposite of what a debate should do. In, sorry, in my opinion of what a debate should do. Mm-hmm. So watching two people debate and let's call counter like yep. constant election ads as two sides debating who you should vote for or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> in, a, in a debate, you're never trying to convince your opponent. Right. right that you're right. I'm never trying to, if I'm debating whether Coke or Pepsi is better. I like that we keep going back to Coke and Pepsi. like That's how we just, like presidents are just Coke and Pepsi. Um, But if I'm trying to convince you that Coke is better than Pepsi and you like Pepsi and I like Coke, all of the people in the audience that like Pepsi are not going to be convinced by me because they like Pepsi. All the people that like Coke already like Coke. I don't need to convince them. The people I'm trying to convince are the people in the middle right uh the people that aren't are undecided as to whether or not they like coke or pepsi or have been drinking pepsi their whole life and are starting to think about trying coke uh in watching the debate they're going to get pushed off the the fence onto one side or the other hopefully and they'll put pushed onto your side right that's that's like what in a debate that's who i feel like the debate is targeted towards it's the people in the middle the extreme positions are set and so in a presidential race the fact that The campaign ads aren't targeting the people who are kind of on the fence in the middle (laughs) and they're just reconfirming with their own bases means it's not even really a debate anymore. They're just like patting themselves on the back and just saying like, hey, come on, keep voting, keep liking Pepsi. People who like Pepsi, keep liking Pepsi. That's not convincing anybody of anything. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Well, and and I think that that does
1: point to the the two meta di- two two different meta types here. One is the the confirming your base uh, ads, and the other is trying to persuade undecideds. And that is such an interesting question that is itself a, a probably an hour long podcast, right? Like, what's the difference between an ad that's trying to persuade? people who sit on the fence versus trying to remind people who already like you that they like you and and which, which yeah. ones work for what.
0: Like, I mean, like uh, like watching some Green Party ads, the Canadian Green Party with Elizabeth example. May. Just like, this is our tour bus. We're going to drive up and down Vancouver Island and convince people to who want to vote for Green to, to encourage them to vote for Green. And she cuts a ribbon and then that bus takes off. That's totally just confirming your base. Yeah. You know, and just like, hey, Green Party, this is us. Hey, Green Party, come on out. Let's do this. And all of us are wondering, is that powered by gasoline or did they like do a vegetable oil conversion on that bus? Because that doesn't (laughs) seem very green to me. Um, But but like that's like a a confirming your base things. And a lot of the Green Party ones were that. I didn't feel like any of them were really trying to convince people to vote for the Green Party. They're not really in it for that. They know they're not going to convince people. Right. Like they're a small, tiny little party. But when it comes to like the bigger things, like Bernie Sanders, there's like a five minute ad that you that you sent to me. Yeah. For during the primaries. And it's like he is honestly trying to get people to like and vote for him. Yep. And showing clips from his speeches, showing him talking to people, showing a one-on-one interview with him doing like a history thing on him so it's like all kinds of ads smushed into one big long ad that was like had some good shots and it was really mushy and kind of like full of issues and like it was actually fairly convincing that man wouldn't bernie sanders be a great president but and so i think that one was targeted at people in the middle yeah i guess in primaries in the states that that's what you're going for is because you actually are both targeting the same people. Like Bernie Sanders is not trying to convince Democrat or Republicans. Right. That he should be a good president. He's actually talking to the people that are on his side, just trying to get them to go a little more onto his side than Hillary's. side.
1: I think that's exactly right to point to the, to point to the primaries and the difference between the general, right? They're completely different environments for, for advertising. Um, and and there, it in some ways a primary debate can be more of an honest exchange of ideas because you're you're not de- debating debating fundamentally opposed views. You're debating, you know, great gradations.
0: You're debating the nuance.
1: Yeah, yeah. Whereas which is general, which is
0: something yeah, which is something that we should debate more often anyway. Is the nuance between like. Uh, like everyone agrees education is important but like what does that mean what are we going to do how is that going to help like what kind of education that kind of stuff
1: yeah and and as american politics and canadian politics has gotten more diverged in in its extreme viewpoints you see you see fewer and fewer of those debates happening between parties and hopefully more of those debates happening within the parties right as hopefully yeah as there are i mean I, I think that i think that you're right to point to how it's more about persuasion in in the case of something like the bernie sanders ads or something like that trying to persuade democrats to his side but then you look at the republican field which was something like 13 different candidates and some of those ads are really just remember me i exist please please remember that i exist yeah and so we get into a bunch of different things that are doing a bunch of different kinds of ha, ha, trying to have different effects on different kinds of people and it's an it's an absolutely fascinating field that is just really draining because uh politics is such a frustrating environment.
0: Yeah, I guess it's like I find the the idea of persuasion and advertising and marketing and all of that. I do find it very fascinating and I, and I enjoy like the Age of Persuasion uh that uh that radio show um that I think is a podcast now, The Age of Persuasion. Where they they break down marketing techni- techniques and tactics and I think it's fast so brilliant and fascinating about how they sell you Tic Tacs and stuff like that. But when it comes to something like politics, I don't think that's where we should be manipulating, persuading, and tricking people. Right. Because that, that – that, like it's important what's true in the case of politics. We're talking about uh, are we going to go to war or not? Are we uh, How – how is my life actually going to be affected by <laughs> this decision? I don't need you to persuade me. I just need you to tell me facts so I can decide what works better for me. You know, like – uh, and so it feels really uh, I, I, in, in this context, it's gross, whereas yeah. in a context of selling Tic Tacs versus other breath mints, uh, it's not gross. It's just kind of fascinating.
1: And what we're getting at, I think, is the the um, the entertainment value of politics, the the transformation of politics into something that is done as a source of uh, enjoyment. Sometimes can be too strong a word here, but.
0: It's entertainment. It, yeah,
1: yeah it, it, it is a form of entertainment. And so whether whether uh, a Trump ad is good or not has nothing to do whether it's true and everything to do whether it serves its entertainment value for you. And that's not limited to Trump. That's not limited to Trudeau. Mm, that's not limited no. to any candidate.
0: Yeah, like actually one of the ones I thought was so funny. I laughed when I heard the sentence was in Rand Paul. Whoever the heck that guy is. I don't even know who that guy is. Oh, poor Rand Paul. Incredibly fake kind of ad. But he said uh, something about like, it's a message loud and clear and does not mince words. We've come to take our country back. What the hell does that mean? That is mincing words. What does that mean? We've come to take our country back. Where, Where are you taking it back to? You're talking in metaphor here. That is the definition of mincing words. You are not being clear. You are being vague. Like uh but it was just like they were it led right into it. And I was like, what is
1: this is so bullshit <sighs> And and I and that's it. Like it's it's just if it's entertainment, it's not very good entertainment. It's and and, and yet we get very riled up about it.
0: Mm-hmm yeah
1: and and that's the part that's so frustrating because there are i think you're right there 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 are ideas here that should be debated on on a national stage or on a state stage or a provincial stage and and we spend a lot of time in this entertainment bubble as opposed to focused on uh, an exchange of ideas and and in a sense this is just an idealized form of politics i get it like i am definitely a hopeless romantic when it comes to to how i perceive politics to be but like how how is anyone served by by what we see on in these advertisements
0: good question i mean i guess it, it's a good way for you to uh, reaffirm your own beliefs
1: yeah i guess like so. when you
0: watch like when you watch the uh, hillary Clinton one with uh, the uh the the old black woman who was denied a uh a suite in a trump building right remember that one um do very convincing ad right because you're like this confirms everything i believe already <laughs> that trump is a <laughs> racist and a powerful evil man and that ad confirms all of those beliefs and so it makes me, as someone that already doesn't like Trump, uh, cat's out of the bag. I think everyone knows we don't like Trump. It makes someone like me look at that ad and feel like, yeah, I'm backing the right candidate. Yeah. You know, uh, whereas I'm sure on the Trump side, if you are a trumper, uh, uh, then you see the ads that say things like Hillary lied, but the FBI says she should go to jail or whatever, like those ads. And you go, yeah, she should go to jail. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. That's what I mean. He's not in the pocket of the big money supporters, you know? like like whatever you already believe, it just confirms that for you, yeah, which is which is just gross. I've used the word gross like a hundred thousand times, and uh, I think it's applicable, okay, before we end, I gotta say something, and I want you to respond to it. okay, okay, so I remember one time you telling me like a problem with like political theory and stuff is that people always come from this place that democracy is the best starting point. I right. like that democracy is good. And uh and so I'm gonna give you a quote that I heard somewhere and I want you to reply to it.
1: <laughs> this is dangerous. Okay. It's
0: dangerous. You can't be honest in a democracy. Mm. What do you think? Do you think that's true or do you think that's false? Or do you think there's more to it?
1: I, I mean the easy answer is that there's more to it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: One of the things that I think is important to remember in relation to that quote is that we aren't in a democracy. We're in a representative democracy. We we don't directly involve ourselves in political affairs. It, there are very few issues that any of us are are going to vote on as issues that will become law. What we do is we select candidates who are going to do, do that for us. Mm-hmm. And that's where it, where where truth becomes a murkier concept, because when it's just how what I think about, say education, and I go and I you know I have my vote and 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 that's that, it's a much more straightforward process. But when when I when I vote for a candidate, and that candidate has to go and do things on my behalf, it. It's tricky, right? Like why did I vote for that candidate? Well, mm-hmm. did it have anything to do with say education or foreign policy, or did it have everything to do with the fact that I didn't like the their my opponent, that their yeah. opponent or whatever. And and so it in some ways truth has so little to do with a representative democracy. Not because we're we're all a bunch of liars, but because we're signing up to follow a, we're signing up for somebody to do a bunch of things for us mm-hmm. and it's hard like how how is it possible that hillary clinton or donald trump can have a position on every single issue that's going to come up over the next four years
0: yeah and that that uh that exactly 50 percent or more of people agree with
1: yeah like it it's it's not a matter of truth so much as a matter of trust
0: yeah and I as think if that, as if choices are binary you know yeah <laughs> every choice is a yes or a no yeah. as if there isn't compromise and, and all that involved. So let me expand on that quote because the the quote is like the full quote is you can't be honest in a democracy uh because you need the votes. Uh, mm-hmm. and so because you need votes you have to say whatever you have to say to get people to vote for you so that you can do the things that you need to do, right? But you but not everyone's going to vote because like, it's not binary. So you're not going to have the choice between these two people and one of them's going to do the right thing for you and one of them's going to do the wrong thing. You kind of have to weigh them back and forth. And so the candidates have to say the things that's going to get more than 50% to vote for them so that they can go off and do a whole bunch of stuff. Um, But they weren't telling the truth about most of it. Like even Trudeau, who everyone liked, I I assume. um, Now people are starting to hate because he's not doing everything he said he was going to do.
1: And I think, and and this to bring it back into the purpose of campaign ads, I think that it doesn't have anything to do with with whether they're telling the truth or not, and whether they seem truthful and trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Whether when I vote for them, I trust them to act in a particular manner. it It isn't about whether or not what they say is true, but whether or not they are going to act in a manner that is in accordance with my values. And it's a predictability sort of thing, as opposed to a truth sort of
0: thing. You're just playing the odds, really. It's gamble. Yeah. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. Every vote's a gamble.
1: <laughs> well, and it and it has to be because it's inherently unpredictable what's going to happen over the next four years. Mm-hmm. You, we can't possibly know when we elect someone what they are going to do or what is going to happen around them. And so all we can really do is develop a sort of uh, it. It's you develop a relationship with a candidate through different ways. P- political ads. they the information that they give you. And then you decide whether or not that that seems to be in accordance with your values. But to suggest that it has to do with with truth, I think, misunderstands how inherently unstable politics is.
0: Yeah. And I guess the reason I wanted to bring up the you can't be honest in a democracy quote is because advertising is notoriously not honest. And I think what's interesting, like, uh, as we've been talking, I've been thinking about That a campaign ad is just a condensed version of what this politician has been saying, right? Like everything in the attack ads against Hillary Clinton, uh, Trump has been saying at his rallies. Everything in the Hillary Clinton, like, get to know the candidate ad, she's been saying in her rallies. And so the difference is it's just like a shorter condensed version that's put out into mainstream media. Right. Whereas everything's already been said in their rallies, which is kind of a condensed form of their actual beliefs. Because in an hour rally, you're not going to be able to get out everything you believe about every possible thing and answer every question that everybody has. So it's kind of a condensed version because you'd really need to spend days or months or years with someone just sitting around talking with them to get to know what they think about every (laughs) single subject. And so you're not going to actually – and if you did know that, you probably wouldn't vote for them (laughs) Um, because you know them too well now. Um, So I just think like uh, I think the the thing that rings true about that sentence, you can't be honest in a democracy, is that you can't. You have you don't have the time. Uh, You have to get people to vote for you. And because it's a numbers game, it's not about whether I really believe what I'm saying. It's I need to say the thing that's going to get the most numbers so that I can become president and then do the right thing. Hmm. Does that make sense? Or did I just go off on a crazy tinfoil hat uh, conspiracy theory tangent?
1: No and 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 I can see where where you're coming from that and and that's i mean that's a reasonable reasonable position right when particularly for somebody who who doesn't think highly of the political arena arena already it's uh, i like I can see why you come to that particular perspective
0: yeah well and we've been talking a lot about how it's designed to make you feel a certain way or yeah. or something like that it's not combined to be truthiness all right the story is supposed to have truthiness not designed to be truth right yeah you know who said that quote by the way
1: uh i'm gonna just go on a limb and say scott adams the creator of the dilbert comics
0: <laughs> no gross <laughs> that would be gross good guess though <laughs> i would not bring him up on this podcast <laughs> no you know who said it Who said it Bill Burr he's just a comedian, he's just a guy who makes jokes <laughs>
1: bill Bill Burr is a great comedian,
0: yeah, guy that makes jokes, but he said it in one of his things, and it just kind of like flew they said it out side of his mouth and then kept making jokes and I was like, actually, you know what <laughs> that feels right because <laughs> you do need votes, that's how you do it. You have to say what gets you elected um and you and 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 you can't say, uh I think his joke is about how like you can't like like eighty percent of the population is stupid or something. Uh, but you can't get elected by saying, all right, 80% of you have to go. Uh, you can't get elected on that because then they won't vote for you, right? So, like, that the, that's the joke. But the truth in it of the fact that, like, you need to get a majority vote means that you have to say things to get everyone on your side, not just some people on your side. And the truth doesn't get everyone on your side.
1: Hmm. Okay. So now that we're coming to the end of this episode... I we you've watched a bunch of political ads, uh, too and many. so I watched too many. Too many. I yeah, we've definitely watched too many. And uh, the the good news uh, for for all of our listeners is that this episode comes out the day before the American election. Oh. So hopefully we'll be done with political ads for a little while, and yes. we'll all get to just kind of ignore American politics if you want to.
0: <laughs> yes, that is the good news.
1: But before then, uh, I I want to ask you, uh, what was your favorite ad that you watched, of of this of this little cycle, or or that you that you remember watching?
0: Honestly, it was uh, the uh, Gerald Doherty for Travis County Commissioner.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. I'm, I
0: think which is I think the guy running for the least important job of any of the other ads that I watched.
1: So. So this is the ad where his his wife is talking to the camera and and you keep hearing
0: Gerald. It's 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 him doing everyday things like washing dishes, cleaning the dryer, making barbecuing or whatever, and just complaining about different things. He's just like the taxes are too high here. This is too high. There's a thing over there. I'm going to try and fix leaking this. I'm going to try and fix. And he just keeps talking the whole time. And it's her complaining about how her husband doesn't have any hobbies. And he has opinions about everything and he doesn't stop talking about it. And please, please reelect him, (laughs) as in to say, get him out of the house, which is funny and hilarious and lets me know (laughs) that this guy uh, has a good sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah. And his wife is making fun of him. Uh, But it's also just like, hey, this guy is a, he's too into politics this guy's too into politics is what the ad is sort of saying now did it does it convince me that he's a good candidate i don't know nothing about his policies really yeah so i don't know i have no idea whether i would actually vote for him but as far as an advertisement goes it was the best
1: i mean it it did the first step right it got you to his name and maybe you will if you were in in travis county maybe you would you know look up more information about him or just you know vote for him based on how much you like that ad because it's it's a county commissioner job and <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not the nuclear codes that he's going to have access to
0: <laughs> and i think that's the thing the, le- the less important the thing i'm voting for is the more likely the ad is going to work again i'm more likely to be convinced to drink coke than pepsi because the consequences don't matter right i mean what was your favorite ad
1: so my favorite ad, and this came from the primaries.
0: Oh, actually, sorry. My close second was the Trudeau hair one, by the way. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Go. Go with you.
1: My, my favorite ad, and I remember this at the time, it's the Marco Rubio throwing a football answering questions ad. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it is like... They very clearly shoot it on a stage, like they're they're sh- they're showing Wait, you the. Ba- Sorry, go ahead.
0: This, this, is this your favorite, or is this your favorite for like, like like uh, like you like watching bad movies, um, kind of favorite, or is it actually your favorite?
1: It's actually my favorite.
0: Okay, tell me, tell me why.
1: Because it made me have a feeling about the candidate that I hadn't had before, mm. because all the other ads that I that I have seen have more or less reinforced existing beliefs that i had or just been of poor quality like there are lots of just poor quality ads that yeah. just need higher production value but this one they shot it in a at, with like it's well shot but they don't pretend that it's not an ad and it is it is just marco rubio throwing a football up and down answering more or less inane questions about himself like what his Super Bowl pick is and what his fantasy football team name is or whatever. And and the reason that it worked for me is that it it portrays it, it presents Marco Rubio in a human way while at the same time saying, we get it. This is all theater. Like it doesn't it's not pretending to be more than it is. It's we're staging you this ad. And and you're gonna you're gonna believe what you believe, but but hey, we're having fun with it, and it was effective for me in that way. Mm. And we'll have links to both of these ads, of course. In we'll the have ad.
0: links to a lot of these ads that we've been talking about, because there were like like there were some like some like were just so bad, like the ones that are like if Hillary Clinton gets elected, the world's gonna die or whatever. Like it's just so over the top, dishonest and and fear mongering that it doesn't really work. And then there's the ones that I, I think, like, like you're saying, it's just like, hey, I'm just a, here's just people asking me questions and me answering them yeah, <laughs> and did me just saying the things that I say. Like, I think one of my favorite Trump ones was just uh, it was um, uh, uh, a leader, I guess. I think it was what it, what it, what it was called in the, the notes. Mm-hmm. That's just like like Trump is going to like, like uh, I want to stop radical Islam. I want to um, build a wall between Mexico. I want to, whatever. Like, if you didn't, I mean, maybe convincing is the wrong word, but it's just like, here are things that Trump has said he's going to do. And that's the ad. Yeah, There was no BS in it. It was just like, this is what he said, this is what he said, This is what, no BS more than the normal BS of politics. Like, there wasn't extra layered on uh, advertising BS to it. It was just like, here's a clip of Trump saying stuff and this is what he said. Cool. Vote for me. You know, like, those kind of ads were like, oh, those are a little more convincing than the kind of over the top bullshit ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you know what I'm saying. Although you know, what another good one was. Sorry. What's that? I, there's just too many good close seconds here. The um, uh, what's his name? Um, Franco, James Franco.
1: Oh, James Franco. Hillary Clinton's a wizard.
0: Yeah, that was that uh, was pretty great ad. That was a pretty great ad. Uh, that is not going to convince anyone who didn't already like hillary <laughs> to vote for hillary
1: or even james franco like <laughs> the, th- the thing for me is that watching this is, i was just reminded how much i don't enjoy james franco
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just a funny little ad although the whole thing fell apart at the very end um which i think is something that like uh, uh, the, the part of the style of presidential ads that i hate or just advertise uh, Political ads of, like, at the end they have to tell you who paid for it, <laughs> and all of a sudden it just ruins the whole ad. You know, like, like at the end of the Hillary Clinton Franco endorsement one, mm-hmm. it said uh, "paid for by women who vote," <laughs> right? <laughs> like this ad, this this organization, women who vote, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh well, obviously they would want to run this ad to make people vote for Hillary. Like, it kind of ruined the the fun of it. I guess. And I guess that's why they put that in there so that presidential ads don't become too fun. <laughs> Cuz there should be truth in it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. We we could talk forever about which ads we like best and which ones we hated. Basically, I hated all of Mulcair's ads. Oof. Man, that guy's boring.
1: The the Canadian election is a I I don't know what to I don't know what to say about Canadian ads. I don't in, in a lot of ways, the just sheer amount of money involved in American politics allows them to do more with their ads.
0: Yeah. I mean, some of the ads were all right. Like, the Trudeau Escalator ad was pretty cool, like, uh, as far as budget advertisement goes, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what was the, uh, the other, the, the, the attack ad on Trudeau, the, the one where the, there's people sitting around looking at a resume?
1: Oh, yeah, the the interview Um, (laughs) the conservative uh they're looking at trudeau's quote-unquote resume and and critiquing him as a candidate based on that resume
0: it felt like a mock ad because it was like there's clearly like here's one really old guy here's a woman here's a, a visible minority here's like like it was like so on the nose about everything and like i guess he's just not ready and what about his experience there? And then the old guy's like, "What's next? Are they gonna cut senior pension packet?" And you're like, "What? This is so on the nose. How is anyone? This is such bullshit." Oh man. Okay. Um. Okay. Final thoughts.
1: Oh, Final thoughts. Well, I mean, blah. <laughs> I am gonna be, I'm gonna be ecstatic when this election is over, and I stop having to see uh, election ads all the time and and yet at the same time I'm still fascinated by them as a form because and and in some ways I guess I should have done more historical work to see how how the medium has changed over the years but it just it's amazing to me how it as a form it it is so undeveloped it is so poorly done again and again and again. And I guess it it, it doesn't matter. Like you don't need, you don't need a citizen cane or a taxi driver of political ads because that's, that's not the purpose they serve. But at the same time, politics as entertainment, it just strikes me that maybe it should be entertaining at points. And Mm. (laughs) I guess I'm disappointed that it's not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, um, when it comes to form uh, and structure, or whatever, or genre, when we talk about other things, it's nice because I kind of know what the goal of that genre is to do. You know, like <laughs> I know that horror films are meant to scare me, and comedies are meant to make me laugh, and I can kind of judge them on those merits. But with a political ad, it's like it—it's like like we were talking. What are they trying to do with these ads? And are they achieving that goal? I'm not even sure what their goal is with these ads. Like are they trying to get me to vote for them? Are they just trying to make me not forget about them? Are they just trying to like like what's going on? Are you trying to make me hate Hillary Clinton? Are you trying to make me vote for you? What what are you trying to do with this? I don't understand. Um it's hard to look at the form and be like, uh, like I like it. Mhm. Or I'm fascinated by it. I guess the the general thing is they're just trying to sell me on their candidate. And I and I don't think any of them really do that very well. I think they just uh, reinforce my already, would, I, I, I don't know. I feel like they just make me upset. <laughs> uh, and if I didn't already dislike politics, I would definitely dislike them now. And um, uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm an anarchist now.
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's basically
0: what it gets down to. When I'm an anarchist, I'm going to start posting about anarchist theories on Facebook.
1: Well, you know, I can't wait to get your Facebook invite to your anarchist book club.
0: Oh man, it's going to be it's going to be crazy.
1: <laughs> Could be off the chain. <laughs> well, uh that that brings us to the end of our our American election extravaganza.
0: And hopefully we'll never have to do this again.
1: Yeah, no we we, we won't do this again.
0: Yeah. This episode of the Style Guide was paid for by Donald Trump. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you know what? That's an amazing idea. I wish Donald Trump would just
0: pay us money to talk about his ads. (laughs)